ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And we're back for one another week. Ben, how's it going? Not bad, my man. Uh, finally got out and was able to talk to people that I wasn't directly related to today. So, oh, um, that, that was a little bit interesting. And what's this? Um, oh, I went. Um, I went to a uh, to a gun range, and um, and so I was talking to the people about you know. Don't shoot! Don't and, shoot! Don't shoot! Don't shoot! Yes. Uh-huh. No, because I I know how to use guns responsibly, and I'm not afraid of them. So, but it was, it was just kind of fun. Number one, because guns are always fun, and two, um, you know that's that's something that I grew up around, and something that I've always done with my dad. So it was just fun. The only person who doesn't look natural on a gun range is Braun Strowman. Have well, you seen him on Instagram? Uh, yeah, he he's he's a, he's a real cupcake, isn't he? Um, <laughs> cupcake. Yeah, you know, now now, granted, I know he's big enough to you know make a snack out of me. I I understand that, but I, I I'm just I'm completely over Braun Strowman. And, yep. uh, you know, you you put a you put a gun in my hand and a gun in his. Let's see who's the better target shooter because I'm betting it's me. PNC exclusive, Ben Eastwood. Go ahead, make my day. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, and on top of that, I have better tattoos than he does. I'm better looking. <laughs> I you know I I have a lot going huh? for me. Over the Strowman Express. You have faster wheels than he does. Exactly. So, it's the Strowman Express. He runs really fast. Meanwhile, every every time he's on TV, I gotta go wipe my ass. Oh, oh, what, what the hell? Bad image. What, what's wrong with you? Why do you have to plant these images in people's heads? Ladies and gentlemen, I have to apologize to my co-host. Yes, well, I made a rhyme right here exclusively on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. (laughs) Which is more entertaining than any segment that Braun Strowman is in. All right, so how are things where you are? Uh, Well, they're still the same, you know, It's, it's just... Hopefully the COVID thing doesn't get worse here, and uh, you know, hopefully the places stay open so that uh, we can actually start going places on a more uh, consistent basis. Because I'm getting really tired of just sitting in the house day well, after day after day. Well, here um, we are in going into phase three. However, a couple of incidents last week of people being stupid. Now, there was a nightclub in the fashion district area of Toronto called yeah. Gold, Goldies. And they decided that they're going to hold a secret party and they invited a whole bunch of people. It was a packed uh, club. There was no social distancing, no masks. Yeah, well, that's, that's just. And what do you think happened? Uh, COVID outbreak. 
<laughs> no, the cops came, got arrived and shut everything down. They shut the club down. <laughs> Good, absolutely, absolutely great. And then, because Wednesday was Canada Day here, so one of the biggest beaches we have here is called Wasega Beach. And okay. there was a whole, it was overcrowded. No one, no one's social distancing. Everyone, like groups of people all together. And so that forced uh, this, uh, this town here to shut some things down. Because, oh, um, joy. Because everyone decided they were going to spend the day at the beach and celebrate Canada's day. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> what, can I, what can I tell you? I mean, I mean, I understand people being impatient, you know. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm, it's just like every, every, I'm saying every time they don't follow the health guidelines, it's just like, uh, it just like, uh, makes the process longer. Dra dra yeah, drags things out even longer than it has to. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Speaking of things that drag out longer than they have to, uh -oh. uh, let's talk about Monday Night Raw and the uh, and the and the consistency of it being absolute crap. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to get into our review of Monday Night Raw, Ben. Once again, and Eliel, I'm sure this will be riveting news to you. You've never heard this before. But Raw came to us live, well, on tape, delay, from the uh, WWE Performance Center in Winter Park, Florida. PNC exclusive. I was not aware. Yeah, well, a lot of Floridians <laughs> are dumbasses. So for them, it might be breaking news. Anyway, um... And, but uh, Raw on this particular evening was absolutely brutally painful. Uh, and let me pull up the results. So, so just to begin, let me give you the 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 rating that this website that I always use to run down the results gave oh, to show you. I, I I love hearing these ratings. Go ahead. So actually, you know how usually they rate they rate these things as being uh, criminally high. Yeah. Well, even even they agree that this particular episode completely sucked because they only gave it a five point five. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I still think is slightly generous, but it's now, more. Is, is this the same one that you use that we make of fun of them whenever they give ridiculously high? to bad shows? Uh, yes. Okay. So this time we won't make fun of them for this Oh, score. but we'll be, ma we'll be making fun of them later on in the show. So. Oh, I, okay. Go ahead. So don't count your chickens before they hatch. Chickens, where? Um, so 
chickens, yes. You're such a smart ass. <laughs> okay, so, so Raw started off with a double contract signing between Asuka and Sasha Banks, and the, the match that I really, really am going to have to take an elongated bathroom breakthrough. Uh, oh Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre, because if that's not a filler match to get to SummerSlam, I don't know what is. My God. They are, I mean, they are really scraping the bottom of the barrel, giving Dolph Ziggler a world title opportunity. My God. Okay. You know, I I really used to like uh, Dolph Ziggler a lot. Uh, circa 2011. I was a huge uh, Dolph Ziggler. Oh, you like you, you didn't like the Spirit Squad? Uh, well, I have a, I have a general uh, distaste for male cheerleaders, but. That's because I'm, you, 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 you didn't like Nikki, <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. Although I did, I did love uh, their feud with uh, DX because uh, they were attacking Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels comes out and then DX reunites. I literally jumped out of my seat when that happened. Yeah, I actually, I actually specifically remember watching that episode of uh, Raw and. I got excited on that one too. See, that's yeah. when the show was good. The other, the I other, episode, the other episode that I that, that I remember being really good from from the summer of DX was um was the episode where they pulled uh, the, the the axle out from under uh, McMahon's limo. Oh, I, th- I remember that one. Yes. So I thought that was really good. But apparently someone needs to go back and watch these classic shows to get an idea of how to write compelling television because the current version of Monday Night Raw ain't doing shit in terms of creativity. Let me tell you something. Yep. Uh, so, so, once again, we are, we are subjected to Ziggler talking about his upcoming world title match with at Extreme Rules. The hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, did you hear what you just said? Yeah. What did you say? I, I, I said the... the uh, no, no, the, you, the, you, said, you said we were subjected to Dolph Ziggler talking about his championship match at Extreme Rules with Ziggler. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. My, my bad. I'm not McIntyre. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's funny. So... Um, the Extreme Rules pay-per-view is being brand- branded as a horror show. Let me tell you something. Weekly WWE <laughs> television is a horror show on a daily basis. Now, you know, I, I don't get that. Just because of this uh, Bray Wyatt-Ron Strowman match, they're calling the whole event a horror show? Uh, well... <laughs> Not that not, not 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 that I don't not that I don't agree because the whole product is a horror show. Yeah, put put another one in the lost column for WWE. But anyway, um, so we we get we get um, Drew McIntyre compared to Bigfoot. 
uh, and, and Dolph was was saying that he's here carrying monsters like Drew on his back, and that he's aware of what Drew is willing to go through and sacrifice. Um, but um, but he said, no matter how much Drew hits him, he's gonna get back up and and beat and beat his ass. And Dolph Ziggler made the outrageous claim that he created Drew McIntyre, um, which was a little odd. But apparently that was all that Ziggler wanted to say, and he signed the contract. So Drew, um, Drew luckily doesn't do much uh, talking because... Asuka uh, gets involved after Dolph cut him off uh, to talk some more. I think I've never been so thankful to have Asuka grab a mic in my entire life. Um, so, so it was really it was really hard to follow this because they kept going back and forth between um, Dolph and Drew's signing and Sasha and. Asuka. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they decided to do uh, these signings simultaneously. Um, that, that's a that's a terrible idea. So simultaneous uh, contract signings. That's yeah, terrible. I mean contract signings in and of themselves are a terrible idea because they're so overdone. Yeah. But uh, simultaneous contract signings for two title matches are just. It's a recipe for a shit show. Yeah. Um, but the segment ends with with the best part of it. And um, Sasha had a uh, legit boss stamp that, that she used to literally stamp her name on the contract for the pay-per-view. So I found I should, that. I should get one with my name on there. Boom. Stamp mining Elio right there. Boom. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, buy me one while you're at it. And then <laughs> uh, a- after this, we get the first of many appearances uh, on Monday Night Raw this week by The Big Show. Oh, my God. Now, is it just me, Elio, or, or am I in some sort of weird... 1999 time warp with with Big Show being back on my TV screen on a semi-regular basis. It's ridiculous. I mean, this is the epitome to me of not building new stars and not giving a shit about your current product. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I have nothing. I have nothing but respect for the Big Show. And all of that, but in 2020, I don't need him to have four segments on Monday Night Raw. It is absolutely absurd to the highest level. So, so we get we get um, we get Big Show's first appearance when he's um, when he interrupts Angel Garza and. Uh, yeah, Angel Garza and Andrade. Yep. Um, and and he says 
you know, I don't have time for your interview segment because I'm go I'm going up next. I'm taking your spot, so you'll have to wait. Um, and he goes out to the ring to call out Randy Orton, but of course, we don't get Randy Orton. We get Garza and Andrade because they want revenge on the big show. Yeah, he, um, but, he, 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 literally, he literally said, I'm taking your spot. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's so, um, it's so stupid. So anyway, uh, speaking of, speaking of stupid, this whole, this whole segment was, uh, was built to, um, to turn into a tag match featuring the street, the street profits, and um, yeah, hold on, the um, hold on, that that's not right. Hold on, yeah, so okay, right here. Let's see. It's the Viking readers. Yes, apparently, I'm supposed to believe that. Show is going to align himself with the Viking Raiders. Of course, that's not going to happen. Uh, we we know that. So some somehow Show is not involved in the in the first match of the evening, even though that makes no sense given the fact that he interrupted this whole thing. So match number one of the evening was the Viking Raiders versus Angel Garza and Andrade. And I just don't give a single shit. You know, I just, this is just enough of this entire thing. I don't care. The, the tag team division either needs to be molded into one on both shows, or it needs to die completely because the current the current form that it's in is absolutely egregiously abysmal it's just ugh. i i can't stand it so uh appar- apparently um apparently the iconics wanted to ruin more of my evening uh even after this segment ruin your evening they made my night i love these two Oh, uh, it was yeah. iconic. Yes, 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 yes. We know, but uh, Ruby Riot was there to save my evening. I, I, oh, I do like I Ruby would, Riot. I do. Like I Ruby would Riot. take Ruby Riot over the Iconics any day of the. I'll take all three year. of them. I love all three of them. Yeah, but you're 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 gonna take you're gonna take the lack of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce's in ring ability over over Ruby Riot and her fantastic in ring ability. I said I'm taking all three of them. Oh, okay. Oh, you 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 uh, swervy devil, you. <laughs> yes, we 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 know what's going on in Elio Canella's head this evening. Anyway, um, so uh, the Iconics wanted, wanted to make fun of Ruby for not having friends. Uh, 
Ruby shoot Ruby shoots back by saying who blew their tag team title shot last week. Uh, and uh, and then Ruby goes to to uh, to walk away and then ends up coming back and call and calling uh, calling herself iconic. And I'm sure this really made you happy. It, it did because, uh, like I said, I, I take Ruby Riot any. But who won the match? Who won the match? Who won the match? Uh, don't ruin my buzz, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go so ahead. Speaking of ruining my buzz. Oh, no. Ric Flair, for some odd reason, wants to uh, wants to ingratiate himself to Andrade and Angel Garza. What the hell? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was, in the, was this in the first segment? Because I remember he came out to that, to the and still yeah, the so, top of the so this was Rick. This was Rick's second segment of the evening. He oh, was, he oh, came out again. No, he was backstage, so he came. Oh, the first, okay. the right. first time, the first time he came out to talk to Big Show, okay, uh, it, which led to, to the whole uh, Viking Raiders thing. No, see, I don't know because I just couldn't watch past the first segment. Well, well, I don't, I don't blame you, and I, I could, I could barely watch past the ninjas. Accompanying Akira Tozawa to a 24-7 championship match against R-Truth. I don't care. We're just going to skip that. Suffice to say, R-Truth is once again the 24-7 champion. I don't care. Newsflash, I don't give a fuck. Um, Anyway, uh, up next we have more of... The Monday Night Messiah storyline with Rey Mysterio and Dominic. The the long and the short of it was they tried to um, to do the same thing to to Dom that they did to Rey's eye, and obviously the the save was made at the very last second. And um, so if if this storyline goes where I think it is. Um, like I said several weeks ago on the show, I think I think we could and should see Dominic join the Monday Night Messiah and his ministry. I think that that would be cool because if if they don't do that, then I'm not sure what the point of having Dom uh, involved in the storyline is. Okay. So. Anyway, this whole thing leads to leads to a match. Um, I, actually, no, no. The the segment I just described uh, took place after um, after a tag team match featuring Murphy and Seth Rollins versus Aleister Black and Humberto. Anytime Humberto's involved, I just don't give a damn. Because you know he's going to lose. Um, let's see. We get another 
we got another recap of uh, of the Taker documentary, uh, the last part that aired. Um, I don't really, you know, I, of course I love The Undertaker, but I don't need to see reminders of the documentary during every commercial break, it feels like. I just... I couldn't, I couldn't wait for this show to be over, this uh, documentary thing, because it's all you hear, you've been hearing about. This is the odd documentary, week after week. Yeah, I agree. So then out comes Peyton Royce and Ruby Riot for their match. I don't give a single shit. Don't worry, I care, Peyton. I care, Billy. Um, well, and, and, and like I said, I, I mean, I mean no disrespect to them. It's just, it's just this show fucking sucks. Um, let's see. And then once again, uh, once again, I'm not sure why the big show is involved with um, the Randy Orton storyline. And by the way, if you if you're if you're catching a theme, ladies and gentlemen, in a listening land, um, I'm mentioning the Big Show a lot because, uh, as I stated earlier, he was in four segments of the show in 2020. That's disgusting. What the hell is happening here? I'm appalled. Well, <laughs> you see what he did there? Marvelous play on words, Elio. I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, but it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, why is the big show involved with, with Edge, Christian, and Randy Orton? It just makes no sense. We couldn't get somebody better, uh, in there. It's just ridiculous. Um, and then, um, so this was actually the, uh, this, the second match, I believe that the big show was involved in because um, the hold on it it was what was the first match? Hang on, I'm I'm trying to think. It because the first match was Big Show versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Okay, yeah, it was just that one tag team. Wow. it was just that one um, handicap. So, uh, so yeah, the next match was the Big Show versus Andrade and Angel Garza in a uh, handicap match. And what really pissed me off, Elio, was what is the Big Show doing winning this match? I don't care how big he is; he shouldn't be. Win- he shouldn't be winning a a handicap match against two of your brightest young stars. I mean, I don't, I don't get this company. Like, who, who would possibly book Big Show over these, over these people? I just, I, I don't get it. Um, speaking of something I, else I don't get, why is MVP wrestling on my TV in 2020? Um, you know, as I as I referred to last uh, last week, I don't mind having MVP as a heel manager. Um, the role is actually gr- growing on me. Um, 
but I just uh, I don't need to see him in the ring anymore. It just to me it takes space away from those um, who could really use the uh, use the TV time. So so as as we know. Um, I think the reason why uh, MVP and Bobby Lashley are getting uh, so much TV time is because right now MVP is trying to uh, build this new stable um, for which he's been attempting to employ um, Apollo Crews for a number of weeks. Did you catch the, um, name? Did you catch the name of this uh, group? No, I did not. What was it? Apparently, they're known as the Hurt Business. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, why am I getting beat down clan vibes here? And by the way, that's not a, that's not a good comparison. That's just what I'm feeling right now. Um, anyway, um, so, so Ricochet and uh, Cedric come out because for some reason uh, they are now involved in this uh, in this um, recruitment pitch by MVP. They were shown uh, backstage with him a little bit earlier on in, in the show. And so now they've come out to help uh, Cedric because he was put in the full Nelson by uh, Bobby Bobby Lashley. Now, I before we continue, and there's a reason why I'm why I'm going through that and mentioning the the full Nelson from from Lashley. Um, when was the full Nelson supposed to be a dominating move? I mean, I haven't seen that since the Master Lock Challenge. What what is this? You know, I nineteen eight nineteen eighty eight. I don't. I don't get nineteen eighty eight. Remember a wrestler named? Remember that wrestler Hercules? Yeah, he was the one that used to do that. And I also remember. Do you remember Billy Jack Haynes? Yes, he was another one that uh, used to always use that full Nelson. So it, it was like it was the one that was powerful moves back then. Well, they're they're definitely they're definitely bringing the full Nelson back oh, yeah. with style with Bobby Lashley. So yeah, it was always like when it was powerful moves. You know, here and here's here's the thing with with Bobby Lashley. Like this is how he should have been booked from the get go upon his return. But no, he was pa- he was paired with with Leo Rush. He was. You know, we we were subjected to his ass flexing. Ass <laughs> flexing, I know, right? Um, which, which, if I never see that again, I will be the happiest motherfucker on the face <laughs> of this planet. Um, and and you know, so last come on, but come on, come on, you 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 liked the last the whole Ashley Lana union. They were you. They were your favorite couple. Uh, no, they were not. <laughs> talk to talk to Edge and Lita over that title. Oh, oh yeah. That once again, I'm going back to 2006 when Raw was actually entertaining. 
entertainment clearly is the word that's not in uh, Vince McMahon's dictionary. And him and him and Bruce are not having a good uh, good start having creative control of Monday Night Raw. This is just absolutely atrocious. I'm just going to have to interrupt your report here because you, now that you brought up Vince, did you hear about this, how he's like, so apparently, again, uh, they're saying he's cooled off on Shayna Baszler and said he said he just doesn't get it? Yeah. You have Brock Lesnar who used to do the same thing and you don't get it. And then you have Ronda Rousey who came from that world of UFC, and you don't get it. Well, he clearly he saw something in, in Ronda Rousey, the way she was booked. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, but but Shayna, Shayna Baszler should not be getting treated like this, um, especially after her run in NXT. You know, I... Uh, but I ha- I've long since given up trying to figure out... Uh, Vince's logic because you know I don't think there is any I think I think it's just whatever whim he's on at the, at the time and I think if you're not if your name's not Charlotte Flair or um, you know Becky Lynch or Bailey or whatever he's just not interested I have never seen someone run a company the way he does the only other name that pops into my head is Herb Abrams with UWF. We all know what happened there. Well, I, I mean, I don't think it's that bad because with Herb Abrams, there was drug No, involved, I don't know, but like, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, right, it, right. It, it's not that bad, but I'm saying, like, it's like a small comparison, like, with the way they run their shows. Exactly. And, and, to, me, and to me, what's, what's really disturbing is, you know, I keep seeing reports over and over again recently that uh, that Vince has um, added a considerable amount to his fortune uh, during this quarantine period. Um, and, and that is very uh, off-putting and, quite frankly, scary to me because if he's making money hand over fist, um, when he's producing this kind of crap, uh, that doesn't bode well for the quality of the of the product changing number one and improving number two. Um, so I just don't have a lot of faith uh, in this creative process being headed up by Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. And, uh, I, I hate Bruce Pritchard. But anyway, um, go on, go on. I just had to get that out. <laughs> oh, I, I don't blame you. Um, so then, the next match is Ricochet versus Bobby Lashley. We all know what's going to happen there. And the main event was a tag team match between Drew McIntyre and Oscar and Sasha Banks and Dolph Ziggler. Um, I'm not sure why this match was put together other than the fact that it's two main events uh, for extreme roles being put in one match. But I, I hate that kind of booking, so therefore, therefore I, can't really, uh, I can't really give the match credit. Now, 
you know this this i would uh, i would summarize this uh edition of raw as being nothing short of haphazard and lazy it's not nothing nothing flowed nothing made sense nothing nothing big happened in terms of advancing a storyline i and i just legitimately don't care so hopefully uh elio uh, since it's now your turn to review uh nxt's great american bash uh, which as i which as i said i've yet to have it, an opportunity to look at um hopefully your experience with that was better than mine with watching monday night raw Okay, on to our review of NXT, and this week NXT presents Night One of the Great American Bash. So in the opening match, we have Tegan Knox defeating Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Mia Yim in a four-way elimination match to determine the number one contender for Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship. So Tegan Knox uh, defeats all the other three to uh, earn that uh, championship match at the next pay-per-view. So, um, so before you before you move on, um, what do you what did you think of the decision to make this of uh, an elimination match? Because originally that wasn't the case. Oh, okay. Um, I thought this was um. This was a pretty good match, and I thought the elimination idea was uh, fine because uh, we got like an actual winner, like where we didn't have like a whole bunch of all four wrestlers like in the ring at once. So right. we, got, we got one one uh, clear winner in this one. Yeah, I, I always like that myself. Okay. All right, then we had Tim- Timothy Thatcher defeating Oni Lorcan by submission. This was another good match. Because, uh, once again, I have to jump in and ask you a question. Um, now, I really enjoy uh, Oni Lorcan, but is it just me, or is he the resident jobber on NXT? <laughs> well... I haven't, I saw more in, uh, actually I haven't really seen much of him. I've seen him a few times teaming up with Danny Birch. And they're pretty good together, but like, yeah, as um, the few times I have seen him on NXT, he's like lost every match. Yeah, so. You know what, I'm curious. This is not an indie spotlight. I just want to look up this guy's other, like, uh, what other, companies he's been in. Yeah. So apparently so, uh, he's uh, competed for Combat Zone, Evolve, and uh, Progress, as well as P- Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Well, that's interesting. Speaking of Evolve, um, 
it's now a WWE property. And WWE I know. just purchased wow. it. So that's uh, WWE Evolve. <laughs> what? Well, it's weird. WWE definitely needs to evolve fast its current main roster product. I'll Seriously. tell you that much. But I just found that very interesting because it's like, you know, one, why do they need that? And two, they already have so much talent that I just don't see how it That came help. from Evolve. So exactly. A lot, a lot exactly. of them came from there. Shotzi Blackheart, freaking Tony Gargano was there. Exactly. But I mean, like, if if they're, like, merging the evolving, and I don't know this, I'm just I'm just saying that if this were, were the case. Now, if uh, WWE was merging uh, Evolve's roster with their current roster, it, then I don't understand the point because it's like this roster is already so overinflated See, and yeah. so, so misused. I just came up with an idea, but I don't think it would work in 2020. Evolve, an Evolve invasion of the WWE main roster. You have a whole group stable of Evolve wrestlers banding together against WWE. Well, and, but, and that would be cool too, but I mean, we, we've seen that with, uh, you know, the Nexus. Uh, yeah, I'm saying that's why, that's why I had an idea, but I don't think it would work in 2020. Yeah. All right, our, our next match was a handicap tag match with Rhea Ripley defeating Aaliyah and Robert Stone by submission. Well, well no shit. I really like Aaliyah. I, I just, I, I wish they would give her more. But, I mean, but how far has Rhea Ripley fallen since, since you know, uh, WrestleMania? It's just, the second she lost to Charlotte Flair, I'm like, uh, yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. Because like, if you remember going into going into WrestleMania, and she was on the run of her career, and then they just she got derailed faster than you know anything anybody I've ever seen, uh, and her her momentum is just dead. So. Right, and uh, Robert Stone. Well, you you've already seen Robert Stone before, I believe. Uh, we brought this up uh, yes. on another show. He was uh, in Impact Wrestling. Yes, as the Jersey Shore wannabe. Robbie E. The Bromans. Remember the Bromans? Oh my God! I, Fucking, you just reminded me. Fucking Jesse Goddard. Uh, and if, if although, you, although, although, remember, if you, go on. I said, and on top of him and Jesse Goddard, you, you could even put um, Rob Terry in the uh, in the bromance department. Rob Terry. <laughs> but also DJ Z, who oh, now competes as Joaquin Wild. Yeah, well, well now that he's with um, uh Santos Escobar, yeah. uh, formerly known as El Hijo de Fantasma, he he has a better projection than the Robert Stone brand. I can tell you that. And now, Ben, what you're, you're among friends for this next match. You're in your safe 
in a safe space here because Dexter Loomis defeated Roderick Strong, okay? Oh my God, I- in a, stra in a strap match, this was a strap match. I can't wait to go back and, and take a look at this because to me, Dexter Loomis is the most compelling thing on WWE television, period, right now. I mean, the, the way that he works his eyes and just works the, the psychotic angle of his character, it, it's really, really cool. And, um, and the only thing I hate about, about um, Dexter Loomis is he has terrible tattoos. Terrible. <laughs> oh, my God, they, they look horrible. Jeez. So... So one is that he used to have a, like a tribal hat sleeve. So one is just like a complete blackout because that's pretty much all you can do with that. Um, but oh my god, his his, his I mean his tattoos look like they were drawn on with a crown. I have, a, crown I, I have a question. Is it yeah. just me, or does his mustache look like his upper lip? Because it looks like he has no upper lip. His mustache is his lip. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, yeah, I've noticed that too. <laughs> so, you know, if if he could get better tattoos and stuff, then then that would uh, that would make me feel better. He needs to go. Uh, he needs to go see Randy Orton's tattoo artist. Or either Randy Orton's or Alistair Black's. I'm sure he'll be in a safe space as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how much it was. Uh, how much of a that, safe that, space that a tattoo a, shop would be? So I'm sorry. That was a terrible segment. Kyle O'Reilly was as terrible as that doctor. Um. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, it was it was funny. And in the main event of night one of the Great American Bash, we had Io Shirai defeating Sasha Banks. And this was a pretty good match. Yeah, and, um, you know, this, this match was the selling point for the Great American Bash for me. So I would, uh, I would definitely look forward to going back and, and taking a glance at that for sure. Okay, so this was... Uh, that's our review of night one of the Great American Bash. And uh, we are now going to take a break and we'll be back with Ben's review of AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest night one. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. Dynamite Fighter Fest Night One. Take it away. Absolutely. So the uh, the, the first match of the evening, uh, if I could uh, if I could actually find it, there you go. Um, was um, was uh, MJF and Warlow uh, versus the um, Jurassic Express. 
And, um, you know, I, I was honestly surprised because I don't think we did very well in our predictions uh, for this show. And um, we, did, we definitely got it off on the wrong foot because I was not expecting uh, Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy to come out on the, on the winning end of this. Um, but although it, uh, if you saw MGF hit, uh, accidentally hit Wardlow with his ring. Well, yes, and, and that's what that's what pre- preceded the loss, uh, to your point, Elio. Um, and uh, so, from that perspective, it made sense. I just, I, w- but I was just not uh, anticipating MJF losing uh, in this kind of situation. So far, we have zero. We're zero and one. Um, but but um, aside aside from that, I wasn't. Um, I don't know. I I wasn't too enthralled by the match. I just I don't know. I don't know why, but like I I can't get into Luchasaurus. It's just like really really weird for me. Like it's especially because I know. Like I know he ha- he has a like a ma- a master's degree in. Uh, medieval literature but yet in the wrestling ring uh he dresses up like a gigantic dinosaur or something i uh so maybe maybe it's just me and i i know that we can take a lot of uh a lot of artistic leeway in in wrestling i i get that um but it, it the the gimmick just doesn't work for me but having said that, um, MJF is just so good that any, that any match he's in that I'm going to be interested in. Uh, next up, we had um, Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford. And I have to tell you, before this match started, I was a little nervous that the uh, – that the women's division was going to have an, an, another clunker of, of, of a match, uh, largely because of uh, Penelope Ford. But um, but this match was actually very, very good. I, w- I would go as far as to say that it was the best uh, women's match I've seen um, in AEW by a long shot. Um, so I think, I think even though Hikaru, uh, or I'm sorry, Hikaru Shida, uh, came out victorious and thus, uh, retained her championship, I think Penelope Ford came out the big winner because she established her, herself as a force in AEW and especially with, um, with Chris Statlander's injury, um, you know, if if um, Penelope Ford can continue this momentum and really step up, um, she could she could potentially take uh, Statland, Statlander's spot. And I I thought Statlander may have been on the fast track uh, to the women's championship before her injury, uh, which which was caused by uh, accident in the ring by uh, Nyla Rose. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, Penelope Ford really impressed me here, and I think Sheeta is the best straight up uh, women's wrestler that AEW has. So, all in all, this this was definitely a win, and um, this was this was definitely. Um, this was definitely one of the better efforts for the women's division. Yep. Um, so next up, we had Cody versus uh, Jake Hager for the T- TNT title. And I don't know what it is, but I, I, I just – I should be able to get behind Jake Hager because he's a legit ass kicker. I mean, he is. I mean, he has every bit of the credentials. Uh, he's damn near on the same level cred- credentials-wise as uh, Brock Lesnar. But um, but I, there's just something missing there. I I can't t- I can't um, take him seriously in in this situation. It was so obvious that Cody uh, was going to win. And I, I just I don't find Hager's to be exciting at all. Um, so it it it's, it came off kind of weak for me. Um, next up we had uh, Private Party versus um, uh, Proud and Powerful. Um, and this match was was decent. Um. I uh, I was I was a bit taken aback by Matt, by Matt Hardy's involvement in terms of accompanying accompanying uh, private party to the ring. Try saying but, the word. But then through the Hardy party. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, by the way, I. I heard that the first time uh, Shiavani said that on, on the air. And my head was in my hand. Look, I, I'm just aghast at that. Um, you know, but, but, it's, it, but having said that, even though I thought that that name was lame, it was kind of interesting seeing Matt Hardy like taking the place of uh, Michael P.S. Hayes as if he's, he's um, mentoring a younger version of of the Hardys in, in private party. So that was kind of cool. You, you know you know that they come from a location where you need an invitation. Yes, because it's a private party. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> this is me knocking on the door trying to get an invitation. No, not uh, interested. Okay, you go on. <laughs> 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 you son of a bitch! You know, sold my bet. Uh, any, but anyway, um, so the, the the one thing that I don't like about um about AEW's uh, presentation is is. Um, the commercials come at like really weird times. Yeah, and they uh, will picture in picture. 
Yeah, and I just I didn't like that. Now, yeah. granted, granted, on this particular evening, it it was me. The picture in picture was made better by uh, Chris Jericho promoting his various hashtags. Uh, but um, but still, I, I I just don't like the picture in picture feature. Let me ask you: Did you tweet that hashtag out? No. Why I, not? You know, you don't want to have a Zoom meeting with Chris Jericho. What? No, because I'm I'm not you know I'm not like a fanboy. I'm not gonna kiss anybody's ass. I, like, but never... but but the champion would have called you. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but still. <laughs> Fans, I just love messing with my co-hosts. I I know. Um, you know, but it, but interestingly enough, I've I've never been a like a autograph or picture guy. Like I've um, yeah, like I've um, met a lot of different people. Uh, I I met the I've met you know the Rock and Roll Express. I've met uh, you know Shane Douglas, Rhino, you know Jay Lethal. Uh, and a, a host of other ones, uh, you know. I, I've I've met um, I've met Luke Gallows and and uh, Tama Tonga and and all those people. You know, I just had cool conversations with. I never asked them for anything, because like I, I I'd much rather just have a conversation with them and and treat them like normal people. I, I don't know. Really, what what is not a graph? It's a piece of scribbling on a piece, scribbling on a piece of paper. Yeah, and it's gonna end up in a drawer somewhere, or something's gonna get spilled on it, and it's it's just it's it's not worth it. So, but anyway, um, that was my little uh, mini rant for the show. Uh, so I do hope you enjoy. But anyway, uh, getting back to. Uh, Getting back to business here, um, you know, I, I want I, I definitely want to see more of uh, Private Party in, in the future. I think I think some of their momentum got uh, taken from them as a result of the uh, outbreak and and them not being on the show. Uh, so um, and their last couple outings. Uh, before this match had been somewhat lackluster in my opinion. Um, but it, it, it was good to see them get back on beat. And I, I really do think that them being associated with Matt Hardy, at least for the short term, um, is going to benefit them. Um, I don't, I don't think they need it long term because I think, I think their in-ring work speaks for itself. And, and they certainly uh, have the charisma to carry themselves without the need of a manager. So, um, but for what it is, I, I really appreciated it, and uh, I, I can always, I can always appreciate um, good tag team wrestling nowadays because God knows we don't get it from the WWE side of things. <laughs> uh, speaking of tag team wrestling we had uh the the main event which was kenny omega and adam page versus best friends 
and, and once again, Elio, uh, we were both proven wrong because Kenny Omega and Adam Page are still tag team champions. Um, which, um, you know, I was honestly surprised by I, I, I would have thought it would have been time to um, take the titles off of them. However, I'm guessing that they're, I'm guessing as a result of um, seeing what they did on uh, Wednesday that they're not going to make that move until we can get uh, crowds back in attendance uh, at Daly's place. Now, I don't know how long it's going to be, but, um, you know, we have, we have a lot going on in the, in the tag team division. So I think, I think either way, the, uh, the tag team titles will uh, be coming off of, of him and Omega, uh, sooner rather than later, because, you know, the, AEW just has an absolutely stacked uh, tag team division, and it it's honestly exciting to me. Um, you know, like, because I'll give you an example. Because, like, in WWE, um, when, like, when they were in NXT, um, I loved the revival. They they got called up to the main roster and we all know what happens. They they just kind of died a slow death as the vast majority of NXT call ups do. And I, I really feel like this is going to be a resurrection for, for uh, FTR. And with them having the potential of matches, you know, with the with the Young Bucks with um, you know the Lucha Bros. Uh, you know, and several others. I I I find that very exciting, um, and and I think anytime you can get me excited, especially in this quarantine period, I'm all for it because wrestling has been the furthest thing uh, from exciting. Now, um, I uh, now. <sighs> Kenny Omega's uh, run in AEW has confused me because, you know, I would have thought from the get-go that, Ke that Kenny would have been a major focus, and that has not been the case. Um, you know, it's been Cody and the Young Bucks and a couple other, a, a couple other people, but certainly not uh, Omega. So it, it, it would appear that um, you know, the pendulum is, is starting to swing back in uh, Omega's uh, favor in terms of uh, TV time and stuff like that. Um, so, um, you know, I really enjoyed the tease at the end with FTR um, offering uh, Kenny and Heyman a beer before they got into a fight at the end. So that was a nice little tease for what we know is uh, coming down the road, and um, you know, and AEW managed to get to do something that WWE does precious little of nowadays, and that is uh, get me excited for uh, for what's to come up next.
So, and, and then um, even though, uh, even though I didn't mention this because this was a promo, uh, one of the, one of the other highlights of the evening for me was, um, was having uh, Taz and Brian Cage cut a promo in the ring. Oh, come on. Come on. What's wrong with you? You like Taz and Brian Cage on your screen. Yes, I, yes, I do. You got a problem with that? Boo, boo, boo. Iconics. Well, Iconics. Well, now you know how I feel when you're spazzing out like a little bitch over the Iconics. Um, so, so, turnabout is fair play. Um, but, um, you know, they were explaining that, um, that, uh, Moxley would not be appearing at, uh, night to a fighter fest and instead they would wait an extra week and do it at what is now being billed as Fight for the Fallen. Um, well, that was, that, that was already a pay-per-view that was, uh, done last year. That's not yeah. One. yeah, but I don't I don't think it was originally planned to happen in uh, yeah, two I weeks. I, I, no, it was supposed I, to happen uh, next week, I believe it was. I'm not sure. No, because... No, it was supposed to happen this... No, wait. Was it supposed to happen next week or this past week? This past Wednesday? Let me I want to say it was it was supposed to happen like two weeks from. I'm no, not no, sure I, no, no. Originally, uh, which night was it going to happen at Fighter Fest? Um, I think I think Fighter Fest would have been uh, this past Wednesday. Wednesday, but the the whole okay. thing. Okay, night one. Okay, night one. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Night one, it was going to happen. Yes. So I'm just looking at the card here. Um. But anyway, um. So, it the whole the whole thing is just kind of uh, was kind of a good build because they were they took a shot at um. WWE for not taking care of their wrestlers with COVID, which is obviously the case. That 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 WWE didn't start doing the right thing until they were forced to by law. Um, and uh, Taz said, "You're running a sloppy shop." And apparently, everybody at WWE got pissed off because well, the, because the higher ups are a bunch of. Uh, well, he's not wrong. Even though I still don't like you, Taz, but you're not wrong. I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Well, he's <laughs> certainly not wrong there. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I you don't see how I'm such a nice guy, and at the same time, I can't stand him. And and why? And, and remind me again why you don't like Taz. Just uh, this whole. He's just an, a nineteen. This is just a nineteen ninety five version of him. With his uh, lame catchphrases. Oh, what you you don't you don't like the human suplex machine? No, get out of here. No, that's ECW call. It. They want their catchphrases back. Well, I mean, he he was an ECW original, you little bitch. But anyway, <laughs> you little fucker. Anywho, um. Nothing more than playful banter on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. 
But uh, with that, with that entertaining exchange behind us, uh, let's move on to um, to Elio's review of Friday Night SmackDown, and then we will do our uh, predictions for uh, night two of both uh fighter fest and the great american bash elio take it away for smackdown do i have to are you ready are you ready are you ready Unfortunately, I'm, I'm just glad I don't have to do it this week. So I'm going to sit here on camera and just laugh and point. Okay. In the, in the opening match, well, because first we had an in-ring interview with uh, Michael Cole uh, interviewing Matt Riddle, who told uh, the story about why he ne- he never wears shoes. That was that was horrendous and ridiculous. And, and, and just I... Of, of everything you could have asked Matt Riddle, you asked him about his fucking shoes, and then you had him make up some ridiculous story about frostbite. And then that brings out Corp Baron Corbin. Oh, and, God. Uh, he uh, has a channel change. He gets into Riddle's face, and Riddle says, Let's go, bro. And Corbin says, no, no, you're not going to, you don't earn it right to face me. You're going to have face this man right here. And out comes John Morrison. That leads to us into our first match with Matt Riddle defeating John Morrison, who was accompanied by The Miz. And, and this, was, this was a really good match. I think, I think John Morrison really showed out here. Um, and yeah. he showed that he's capable of so much more than this pairing with The Miz because well, one, The Miz sucks because he's terribly boring. And two, as long as I don't have to hear that, hey, hey, ho, ho, <laughs> thing again. We're going to play that at the end of this episode. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to have to call Mr. Garrison on you. <laughs> Uh, then after the match uh, AJ Styles runs on the tax riddle and that brings up Drew Gulak and of course that leads into our next match an Intercontinental Championship match AJ Styles defeating Drew Gulak to hold on to that belt yeah any uh, I just I don't feel like this match made it out of second gear I feel like with those two guys it could have been Great, but it just never took that took that step. And then next we had a segment with my two favorites, Bailey and Sasha Banks. And they showed tribute to their tag team and all their accomplishments. That brings out Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And this <sighs> leads into Bailey into Bailey losing to Alexa Bliss by disqualification after Sasha accepted a, the challenge on Bailey's behalf. So I I have to I have to admit to you that I absolutely love 
uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey, but I hated this segment. Uh, the whole thing just came off wrong. Uh, you know, the, the whole the whole listing their accomplishments came off cheap. Uh, the cheap Undertaker reference from Bailey, which is was just absurd, and I I just I didn't like this at all. Which I I think it did a disservice to <sighs> Sasha Banks and Bailey. Next, we had a preview of the swamp fight, the white swamp fight. And apparently, Extreme Rules says the horror show has been renamed. The horror show at Extreme Rules. Oh, so it, it underwent a second name change. Good Lord. They're starting to, uh, to approach Viking Raiders territory in terms of number, number of times they've been renamed. And this next match makes me happy. Shinsuke Nakamura defeats Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was seeing things. Shinsuke actually getting a win on SmackDown. Holy shit. And then, and finally, in the final last segment of this show, we have Sheamus' toast to Jeff Hardy. I don't care. This, this was just tasteless. This was bullshit. And I don't, I don't find it entertaining anymore. So they, they had Sheamus on the big screen. They had a bartender in the ring. So the bartender, they just had Jeff Hardy beat up the bartender and deliver a small tongue from the top rope to end the show. Oh, good, good, great, grand, wonderful. No yelling during shitty promos on SmackDown. Actually, actually, yeah, well, there should have been yelling. Actually, I think I was yelling, but still, uh, you know, this is just terrible. But I, anyway, at least I made the segment a little bit more bearable by repeating Chris Farley classic lines to myself. Just, you know, what the, All right. fuck, what the fuck was All this? Ben is now going to get into our predictions for night two of Fighter Fest and the Great American Bash. Ben, let's look at Fighter Fest first. Okay, okay. Actually, no, let's look at Great American Bash because I'm not sure if this is complete or not. I'm seeing three matches here. Well, yeah, that, that's what I'm seeing. So clearly they're going to add. Uh, the one that was, hold on, the one that I have is one, one, two, three, four, uh, five. I have, I have five on my lineup. What do you have? I have a six-man tag match with, uh, with uh, the with Brizango and Drake Maverick versus uh, the uh, Santos uh, Santos Escobar crew known as Legado del Fantasma. El Legado del Fantasma. Yeah, I have. Uh, I had that Spanish accent. Yes, uh, I have. Johnny Gargano versus Isaiah Scott. That's kind of oh, random. Oh, okay. I don't have that on here. Okay. I have uh, Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae. Yep. 
Tegan Knox versus Io, Io Shirai. Oh, okay. So that one, uh, so that match is happening this week. Okay, cool. I mean, next week. Okay. And, of, right. and of, of course, Adam Cole versus Keith Lee. Which All right, was, so let's uh, let's um, go through this since we're looking at these first. Um, well, uh, let's do the ones that I don't have first. You said, um, what's the first one you have? Oh, um, Maverick and Brazango versus Legado del Fantasma. Um, El Legado del Fantasma. Yes, yes, and obviously. <laughs> I just love doing that. <laughs> yes. Obviously, um, from the way that, that they've been booked, it would have to be uh, like out of the Fantasma because yeah. Ma- Maverick hasn't been back on NXT since Triple H got him the uh, got him the NXT contract. So um, um, that's going to be my pick. It's going to be El Legado del Fantasma. Yeah, we definitely agree on that one for sure. Next. Next, we have Gargano versus Isaiah Scott. Oh. It's got to be Gargano. Yeah, I'm going to go with Gargano because, you know what, I haven't really seen much of Scott. I mean, like, I don't get to watch NXT much, so probably that's why, but I don't know. Against Gargano, I'm going to have to go with Gargano. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry, am I keeping you awake? Uh yeah, well, I, I had to I had to get up early this morning. <laughs> I, and I, in all in all seriousness, I usually take a nap before the podcast, and I didn't have oh, okay. that opportunity uh, today. So anyway, um, <laughs> next up we have a street fight between Mia Yim and Candice LeRae. Oh, I know who wins this one. The fans. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, but uh, who's your who's your pick? So, but if I had to pick, um, I would. Ugh, this one's hard because I like both of them. But um, I I would have to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with Mia Yim. Yeah, in, in a street fight, Mia Yim for sure. I I agree. Uh. Tegan Knox versus Io Shirai. Ooh, is Tegan Knox ready? I'm gonna have to go with Io Shirai on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, have to go with Shirai. Um, we uh, and then the main event was actually spoiled, so um, um. So wow. have, Why do people do that? And apparently, I, I did. Did you hear about who who posted that? Yes, and we should we should warn the fans. Out of fairness, if you haven't heard about this and you don't want um, the result to be spoiled, uh, feel free to just uh, end the podcast right here. Um, so we don't spoil it for well, you. We don't want to. want them to end the podcast right here. They still have, we still have to go through Fighter Fest. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but just but just skip this part. Yeah. Um, fast forward or something. Turn your volume down. Because I I feel like it's a big enough story to cover it. So, 
Uh, Shorev from. Uh, no, 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 not 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 the guy. It's the manager, Malcolm Bivens. Oh, I thought it. Was, I thought it was. It no, was, it wasn't. I, it wasn't Shorev. It was Malcolm Bivens, the manager. Oh, okay. Well, I heard it was Shorev, but okay. So, um, yeah, the the result was spoiled by the. Uh, by the new Indian uh, tag team. What, 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 How do they the, do that? What, what's the name of that tag team? In in the share. What? In the share. What yeah. the hell is that? But anyway, um, it, it's just so stupid. I, I mean, how do you spoil a main event that big? So appar- apparently, apparently, um, he he didn't know that it was uh, it was going to be taped. Uh, how do you not know that in this uh, current in current situation? But nonetheless, um, so it was revealed that uh, Keith Lee wins the winner take all champion versus champion, and uh, dethrones Adam Cole. Now, as as upset that I, as I am that this result got got spoiled. I actually 100% agree with the decision to put the to put the world title on Keith Lee now, and I will ex- explain to you uh, why that is if if you, if you'll grant me a minute or two. All right, sir. Um, so it, it's clear that um, you know the the next feud for Adam Cole is going to be carrying cross. And the way Karrion Cross has been built since debuting, it's it's very clear that he's not going to take a loss, given especially given the fact that he squashed Tommaso Ciampa of all people at uh, NXT Takeover in your house, and given the fact that Adam Cole has been champion for as long as he has. It would it wouldn't look good for Cole to get squashed like that. It didn't look good for Champa, but then again, Champa didn't have a title on him, so it didn't really hurt him as much. Uh, but I think for I think for Cole to lose to uh, Cross in dominating fashion, fashion, which I think ultimately would have been the case, uh, would have done a disservice to. Uh, to Adam Cole and his reign in general. So, um, you know, I think with um, I think with Keith Lee winning winning the belt, it's it's a more compelling matchup, uh, at least with the title on the line to have Cross take it from uh, take it from uh, Lee. I just think that that makes more sense from both a visual perspective and from a wrestling perspective um as, as well as the character uh point of view actually so um because you know i i, I don't think keith lee will have the, the title very long i think i think he'll have another opportunity at it down the line i think ultimately that this is going to be built up to give um to give Karrion Cross an Adam Cole-like uh, 
reign as the NXT champion. Um, but I think with um, I think with Cross on the fast track to success, Lee could definitely uh, come back and get the title later on. And even even if he loses the belt, uh, the NXT championship to uh, to Cross, he still has the the America uh, the North American title. Which one thing that confuses me, Elio, is and maybe you can shed some light on this. Why do you why do you think that they've been um, that they've been putting the North American title on the same level as the NXT Championship lately? Okay, so um, my guess would be that they look at the North American Championship as in the NXT version of the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Um, and, and that makes sense. Oh, by, by the way, if, um, if, if you can hear popping in the background, it's my, it's my, it's, it's my pyro, it's my pyrotechnomaniac neighbors light, just lighting off fireworks. I don't hear anything. So, okay. Um, but just a heads up. Um, but, you know, so it's, it's interesting because I like how they've used the North American title, but I'm not sure if you can if you can have it on equal billing with with the uh, NXT title. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that down the line. And for me, it'll be even more interesting to see how long uh, Keith holds on to both titles because I think. I think that the NXT championship is on the fast lane going over to uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux's camp. Okay. All right, so that's our, our preview of uh, Winmaker Bash Night 2. We're now going to move on to Night 2 of Fighter Fest. Absolutely. So our first match is... Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Um, I I would have to give I would have to give the give the match to Jericho. Okay. What do, What do you think? Oh, I think they made Orange Cassidy look strong, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jericho. Yeah, I think. I think um, I think Cassidy might steal a win down the line, but not not now. Do we really need to pick a winner in the next one? Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. <laughs> oh, oh, please. Oh, oh God. Don't, don't make me discuss Joey Janela. <laughs> uh, Lance Archer. Lance Archer, I, I, will, I will literally pay you $300 extra on top of what you're making if you can get Joey Janela out of my sight within two minutes. All right, and next we have Nala Rose uh, versus uh, an opponent to be, to be it, named. It's, it's going to be Nyla Rose because she's, well, one, she's the champion, but two, she hasn't had an opportunity 
to be established as a, as a dominant champion, uh, given the CV interruptions. So, as much as as much as I uh, don't like Nyla Rose from an in-ring perspective, logic would dictate that she gets the win here. Okay, and then we have Colt Cabana in the Dark Order versus SCU. Um, I'm saying the Dark Order and Colt Cabana. Yeah, I'm gonna save the Dark Order as well. And then, who is who is your pick for the Nyla Rose and the Nyla two Rose? Because okay, we don't know who she's facing. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Uh, next uh, up. Next, we have FTR and the Young Bucks versus. Butcher and the Blade and Lucha Brothers. Oh God, that's gonna be a tough one. I think I would give it to um, FTR because it'll, it'll be their first major win. Yeah. Uh, and that that will just that will be a nice launching off point uh, for their feud with the Young Bucks. And then for the tag team championships. And I, this team is definitely not going to lose. I'm gonna, it's Omega and Paige versus Private Party, and I'm going with uh, Omega and Paige. Uh, yeah, me too. All right, so that is our preview of Fighter Fest Night 2. Ben, we see bring this week to a close. Absolutely. All right, fans. He's Ben. I'm Elio. This is a PC Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. See ya. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind.